Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. It's been a minute. Uh, I know me and Jim haven't been the best about keeping up with this, but we've we've made some changes to the format, changes to the name, template, so we're turning a new leaf. Now we can all welcome you guys, as you've seen by the title, the Corncast. So we're excited about the new change, and hopefully this new name and will take the podcast in a new direction, be a little more consistent and more successful, so I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I love the name Corncast. I know. I think it just flows well. And uh, if you guys just go check out the new image for the page, I really like the new logo that we have set up. So everything's looking good. Um, but how have you been, Jim? I'm doing all right. Just school, and that's about it. Yeah. Outside, work on the side. That's good. Outside of like the podcast, we really haven't seen each other much just outside of doing this or really much of anything. So it's good to... Good to see you again. We haven't we haven't got together much, so yeah. What have you? So you said school. How's school been going? Like, are you getting more hands-on electrical engineering experience <coughs> being in year three, heading down? Yeah, we're in this. Uh, um, we're in this class right now called embedded systems. It's my favorite class so far, and what it is is we pretty much have this microcontroller, which some people know, like a microcontroller would be like an Arduino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you ever heard of those? It just is. A single, um, single brain computer that does one process or like one, uh, one what do you call it? Output. Yeah. One command every, uh, every cycle or whatever. So yeah, it does one command and it does it in a loop. So uh, embedded systems is anything that like my car, uh, a microwave, um, a fridge. So you're just learning about embedded systems and like how they work and yeah, exactly how they work and like right now I have this thing due Friday that I have to send uh, the microcontroller like a letter and then it has to send back um, an answer that I pre-programmed it. But the fact is like sending the information to it, it being able to receive it and then and successfully then, send it back. Yeah. Interesting. So you're actually getting into like engineering, like yeah. what you want to do. That's yeah. got to be cool. No more calculus, which is important, but it's not important. No, like <laughs> those aspects, the things that you were doing in college calculus too, are not going to apply to exactly your electrical engineering, which I'm sure is nice to be out of all that and get to actually what you've gone to school and paid thousands of dollars yeah. to do. Um, but what I've learned, I feel like a lot of School is just like, hey, we just need you to prove that you can come here for four years and do this consistently. Um, then we're going to give you two years of kind of touchy, hands-off experience. And then your first two years of actual work are like learning the rest of what college didn't teach you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think those uh, like the calculus uh, classes are more like critical thinking classes, which, which are good. Um, but... They're necessary, but, and one thing that I've learned is that common sense in this world is not common, (laughs) so, like, assuming that people understand how to critically think and, like, break down and analyze different scenarios is, it, it's pushing it, because there are just people out there who flat out cannot, will not, and do not critically think about even the most basic things that, like, you should be like, all right, I'm gonna take a sec here to figure out what's going on, and I mean, I know I'm guilty of doing that too, but 
those critical thinking classes, those first couple years of college, like everyone shits on them, but they're kind of important. They are. You get, you learn like uh, you learn the consequences of actions. So like nth order effects. Like what happens if you do this? What is the the third order effect? You know, uh, it's kind of complicated, but. I think that's what critical thinking is well thinking. the class is just breaking down easy things that everyone understands and like everyone's figured out through your life like everyone knows these things they're not saying you don't know they're saying okay we're gonna make you think about it on like the most fundamental level of think about what your interaction and the impacts that that has on the entire down the line mm-hmm. effect which is like what you were talking about like the third and fourth. <coughs> yeah Third and fourth causality of events and that type of thing. But so, I mean, it's been since August since we've talked, but I'm going to shorten this up. What have you been doing this October, Jim? This October, uh, still working at Sam's Club. Yeah. Three days of the week. Uh, lots of fun. Um, yeah, like classes and then uh, just, you know, doing a little more research on Bitcoin, as always. Oh, yeah? What's what's the newest? What's, hit us with the latest on Bitcoin. I've kind of been out of the loop. Uh, two days ago, the hash rate, so the amount of computer power being put into the network or, like, mining Bitcoin has hit an all-time high. Uh, so even the, even if, even if even at below $20,000 Bitcoin, the, uh, the network, the amount of energy being put into it has reached an all-time high, which is crazy. So what do you think of that video I sent you, like, a couple weeks ago? Of that, of those Chinese brokerages all dumping Bitcoin at the same time and that was, watching the price crash. That was really cool. Uh, that was really cool because that right there is like how I imagine trading. So I used to trade a lot, mm-hmm. uh, not like too much money, but I got a lot of money and then I lost it all. Uh, but I started out with not much. But that's how they do it. They uh, they get people in and then. When when the price is going up, people get in more and more, and then they just crash it. And that was so cool to see. I've never seen that before. It's just crazy to think that, like, yeah, like like you said, people talk about it, and like you could picture being like, oh yeah, this is what these companies do. But to actually see it like recorded, and to watch the countdown of them being like, yeah, look at this. Watch us tank the market twenty grand <laughs> per share, like ridiculous amounts of money that they just pull out of the market after inflating it, probably. 10, 20 times what it was. I don't even know when that was, but it was just crazy to see how much they fucked with Bitcoin. Yeah, it was awesome. It's really cool. Nuts, but um, have you been doing any of the traditional fall stuff like pumpkin patches, haunted houses, carving pumpkins, anything like that yet? No, not yet. Uh, Sam's Club has a lot, of, a lot of good pumpkin carving kits and a lot of big pumpkins, so I might have to. Got your eye on them? Yeah. Probably have some you know, stuff some in the back that I like, make sure no one else takes them. <laughs> Take them home. You better run some to Nick and... Yeah. What's what's the other? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I was going to say. Been away from Neb City for so long, I'm starting yeah. to forget stuff. I just got back from there, but yeah, it's it's always nice to go back to Nebraska City, see everything. and It feels so weird to me going back there now because, like, it feels like it hasn't been that long, but then you go there and, like, city's completely different than when we left it like since we've lived there it's just a it's a completely different place like everyone it feels like everyone acts differently they probably don't everyone's probably still the same but i don't know things to me just feel different the vibes are vibes are definitely different mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. It was good. I went back there this past weekend, watched the Husker game with some people. So that was it was good to be back. But it was definitely a weird feeling, like not having my family live there and be like, this is just a trash town now. This is just <laughs> trash. There's a few places like Dirty China that I'll still go. But like besides that, I'm like, this is just run down crappy Lincoln. <laughs> There's nothing I need from here. But so I think we, we planned we talked about going to haunted houses or something this weekend, so that'll be Yeah. That should be pretty fun. <clears throat> but speaking of your school, Jim, what what do you think about the past three weeks of football that's gone on since our last podcast? You know, I've been I've been really happy with uh with Nebraska. I actually didn't even watch the game. The latest game, the uh, Purdue versus, game, yeah, versus Purdue. That was a good game. I guess whatever people want to say about it, I thought it was a good game. That's I like watching it. Yeah, that's what some people were saying, which is good. And then, yeah, we won back to back for the first time in a long time. Yep, we beat Illinois and we beat Rutgers. So those are two two great wins because it's in conference, which is always important. You wish we would have had that Georgia Southern game under our belt too bolster our overall a little bit, but that's all right. Um, coming off this loss to Purdue, I know we got another bye week. It's going to be important to bounce back. Obviously, you don't even need to watch or understand football to know that our offensive line has been a serious problem. Like, as much as you want to blame anyone else, like most of our skill position guys are really good this year. We have arguably the greatest wide receiver in school history in Trey Palmer. Like, broke the single-game receiving record with 273 yards in the last game. Like, <laughs> he almost had 300 yards in a game, and that is insane with a crappy O-line. Like, if they had a, even a little bit of time to just give him a pocket and let him just rocket it downfield, like, this dude could be... I think he might be leading the nation in receiving yards right now. It's crazy. Like, he's that good. I think, yeah, that would be crazy. And we've we never... We've always been, like, a power run team, so we've always had great running backs. Like, Or we've been a quarterback school, too. Like, we've had great quarterbacks. Like, But wide receiver's always been a position where we've been good, but we've never been this great in recent memory. Like, I'm sure we did back in the day when it was... But in recent memory, like, none of the guys that we want to throw out compared to this guy. This guy's going, going to the NFL, and he'll be probably first, second rounder. So... It'll be interesting to see. What do you think? Do you think Mickey Joseph should be given the head coaching job, Jim? That's a great question. I don't think so, but um, I'm not too informed. But he's doing all right. I mean, we have, he has the first back-to-back win in a long time, and people are pretty happy even though we still lost at Purdue. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. It would be nice just to... Um, I don't know, not have not have to worry about a head coach, just keep him there. I think one question that I have for, it would be for Mickey, would be if we decided to go with a different coach, would you be willing to stay? Like, we don't give a shit what he says. Like, would you be willing to stay if we paid you a decent amount of money? Like, would you stay because the players obviously love you? Like, would you be able to handle stepping down from the head coaching position and handing it to someone else? You're right, that is a, that's I'm a good sure, question. I'm sure it depends on who that someone else is. But, like, ultimately, that's the question. Is like, is Mickey willing to give up the keys to the kingdom that he's been given, essentially? And I, I guess it really depends on if he proves it or not. Like, if he pulls out 
one of these games, if he pulls out both of the Minnesota and the, um, the Illinois game, like I, you you kind of gotta give him the head coach. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd be for it. The like PJ Fleck in Minnesota, the head their head coach. He's he's a tough dude. Like they got a good team up there in Minnesota this year. Uh, Illinois is the conference beaters. Like they're coming down and beating every former big name that used to just destroy them. They're coming back for blood. Like they've destroyed Wisconsin. They've destroyed Iowa. They destroyed. Someone else, they, can't, they just beat another team not too long ago that they were on, like, upset alert for. But they are just coming through with a vengeance to, like, beat these teams. And their former head coach, or their current head coach is the former Wisconsin Badgers head coach. Like, the one that was responsible for Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon that would just throttle <laughs> Nebraska for these past couple years. But, so, the Big Tens, it's not as wide open as it was last week if we would have clutched out the win over Purdue, but it's still definitely within reach for Mickey Joseph before the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with what they've got because, like, you really, what else? You can't do anything with a crappy offensive line. Like, they obviously don't have the dudes that they need in there to make the difference. So it's going to come down to can the guys we have improve or – they're going to risk it in Casey Hurt. And, like, that's a serious possibility if the things keep going down like they're going down. And then, I mean, looking to next year, we're going to need some serious change at the O-line for sure. But we're going to need to – I really hope Mickey Joseph stays for the sake of the – for the sake of the team, for the sake of the fans next year and the following year. Because if we have to go through another first two years of Scott Frost rebuild – and just watch teams that have no hope, like, get throttled. And we're just, we're the Rutgers again of the Big Ten, like we have been last season and the season before that. Like, I mean, last season was different, but we're still three and nine. Like, we're definitely not a great team. So it'll be interesting to see what direction we move in because a couple weeks ago, I would have told you a long list of guys that I thought guaranteed would have had the job Matt Campbell, Dave Aranda. Bill O'Brien, like, there's there's a couple guys out there, but all of Lance Leopold, uh, Bob Stoops, like, Matt Stoops, all of them, they're, they're not doing the greatest this year. They keep losing stupid games to either one another or other random teams. Like, it's just not going very well for all the people that we talk about for potential head coaches at Nebraska. But I've also heard reporting that, like, there are guys that nobody would guess in the entire country that are being reached out to that work at Power 5 schools that, like, are are in serious talks with Nebraska. So whether they're talking about somebody like Lane Kiffin at Old Miss, or uh, there's a lot of different guys that it could be, but I think you're right, and I'd have to agree with you that Mickey Joseph probably isn't going to get the job. As much as I want Mickey to have the job and for him to be our uh, Dabo Sweeney, like the Clemson situation, same situation that Mickey was in. Dabo was the interim head coach, came came up, players loved him, was able to build a culture around him, was able to recruit the way that they wanted to, build a national championship contender. So, like, I don't know if Mickey's Dabo Sweeney, but I think there's definitely a chance. So I'd like to see at least 
maybe a year or two of like, hey, we're going to give you this short run while we look for a legit guy, but if one comes up, you're gone. We'll buy you out. But that's just that's my take on it. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, we don't have to get a head coach by the end of the season. So, no, we don't have to, which is another thing. Is that like we can – well, we don't have to get one. You're right, before the end of the season. But at some point, there's got to be like a deadline. Yeah, like, you're right. Because the big thing is that we don't want to hire somebody after National Signing Day because then they lose this year's entire chance of recruits. Like they have nobody coming in next year. Oh, okay. Which is the position that Scott Frost was in his first year at Nebraska, which is why his team sucks so bad. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see what's going on. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about going back to like electrical engineering and you said your school's changing and stuff. Um how does the outlook on, like, what you thought you were going to do when you left high school, like, how has that changed? Um, well, when I first got, like, my first semester, I wanted to do uh, electrical engineering and uh, chemistry, minor in chemistry. And then by the end of the semester, I realized that I hate math. <laughs> and chemistry is a lot of math. So is electrical engineering. Um, when I... So, yeah, I'm not doing a minor in chemistry. But when I uh, went and visited and shadowed a student my junior year or senior year in high school, there was this class called uh, electric, uh, I can't even remember the name, magnetic field theory or something like that. And the dude was just doing math equations the entire time. And that's something, that's a class I have to take. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be doing that. And now I'm dreading the day that I have to take that class. <laughs> but like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, but I'm really liking, like I wouldn't, I didn't expect that I would like the labs as much as I do. Uh, the labs are just yeah, hands-on, kind of like what I talked about earlier. Uh, like today, after this podcast, I'm gonna go make a uh, or build a transformer, just a little, like a super little transformer, just to measure the outputs of it. And so, yeah, I'm just. Um, I didn't realize how much I'd like the hands-on part of it. And I thought I'd like it a lot, but I liked it more than I thought I would, which is awesome. Which is dope because you've always been into, like, building your little machines. So now that you have an actual understanding of how these machines work and, like, yeah. higher implications of electrical, I mean, engineering and just yeah. creating, like, your inventions are going to start getting a lot bigger and more dangerous here soon. More dangerous is the key. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But that's dope. Yeah, I've just been realizing a lot that, like, I had this concrete path that I thought my life was going to, like, if it wasn't going to follow it, it was going to go somewhat like I thought, and nothing has gone the way that I thought it was going to go. Like, a lot of it has gone, like, up, and I'm, there's still a lot of things, like, I'm still heading in the right direction, but just the little milestones that I thought were so important to me, I'm like, dude, this shit don't matter. Like, it it's not important. Like, I put too much emphasis on certain things that didn't matter versus, like, neglecting things that I definitely shouldn't have been neglecting and that I should have been paying attention to. So, yeah, I just want to get your your outlook on that because I've definitely realized that, like, you can plan out everything that you want, but you need to also be prepared to just let things happen as they happen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that is important. That's why I don't have... I don't have like a plan. I don't have a, a company that I want to work for yet. Uh, I just want to get get that piece of paper, I guess. Uh, 
but then even if so, I get that piece of paper out, I'll go gladly work fixing phone screens for the rest of my life <laughs> for like 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> That's what I'm, that, I'm also realizing that like, as much as I'm chasing this piece of paper to get this degree, like, I'm gonna have to do something that makes me happy at the end of the day, because like, I, I'm, I can't spend the next 40 years of my life giving it to a company that like will replace me in a week if I die. Yeah. Like I can't I can't live that existence. So I gotta find something fulfilling. Maybe not my entire existence, but like if I'm working towards something where I can be autonomous and fulfilling, like I feel like that'll be alright. Mm-hmm. But getting to that point versus where I thought I would be leaving high school is def- definitely a lot lot different trajectories. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, like there's two different schools of thought like one where it says your work should be your hobby and one where it says your work should not be your hobby what do you think about that which one do you like I don't think your work should be your hobby because I think a hobby is something that you do outside of work that is fulfilling to you and if you are one of the lucky people to make your hobby a job like those but those are outliers like Mm -hmm. i don't think it's realistic for a lot of people to make what they enjoy doing their full-time job um that's a hard question because like ideally you'd like your hobby to be your job because you'd like to enjoy what you're doing but i don't feel like it's realistic so i'd have to say you probably your job probably shouldn't be your hobby. It should be set aside for like business and work and like hobby. I more attribute to like something you enjoy doing and that's fun to you. That's fulfilling. Yeah. There aren't a lot of like hobbies that can make money. Yeah, but like there's there's certain people that can. Like there's certain people that get paid to play video games. Yeah, like that's an outlier. Like they get paid to literally sit in their room every single day. And record themselves playing video games. Like, you can't you can't say that's a job. That's a hobby. But you get paid millions of dollars to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Ideally, I would love to. I would love to be at, and fitness influencers. Like they just work out and record it. And like that's that's their job. But it's also their hobby. Like that's what they do. Yeah, it is crazy. YouTubers, people that one guy I follow, he just makes knives all day. I'm like, man, that must be awesome. Did you see, um, you've seen Forged in Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that there was a guy from Nebraska who was on that show? Oh, I didn't see Yeah, that. he was some dude from out west, like Aurora or something. Um, he's like, yeah, I got a forge in my barn. I just go home after school and I would just make swords and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, that's such like a western Nebraska thing. Like, if you talk to, like, that's exactly how they are. They're like, yep, just work on the cattle out there and make swords in my barn like what what are you doing out here bro like i'm only child my dad built me a forge when i was nine you're like oh cool like there's no not so nonchalant like the rest of the state's all oh everyone's got a forge in their garage so normal to build medieval katanas in your free time but i thought it was cool like hearing because he's like aurora nebraska i was like what all right, we have those weirdos here. <laughs> All right, Jim. So I don't know if you know this, but the NBA season officially starts today. Oh, I did not know it that. Starts tonight. So 
for the podcast to keep us having a conversation about something. I mean, we can talk about whatever's going on, but to supplement our conversations, I'm making you pick a favorite NBA team that you have to keep up with this year. Okay. You can pick any team you want. Okay, I like that. But you have you got to pick one. I gotta look up the. No, the I, list. I'm pulling up the oh, list for you. Up? All right. So don't pick don't pick one of the bottom like G League elite teams. I don't want I don't want you looking at ESPN Plus all year. <laughs> all right. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, whatever you want, but you gotta choose. I mean, they're gonna go with the Celtics, or you know what? It's gonna be the Celtics. I'll go with the Celtics. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. I can appreciate it and respect it. I mean, they just went to the finals last year. They're definitely gonna be a good team. Yeah, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. Who's he? I mean, he's kind of pissed off this year because they tried to trade it, or they were talking about trading him all year, but. They're gonna be they're gonna be tough. They're ranked like top five team in the league, no matter who you go look at. So they're definitely gonna be good. They have a older but still like semi young team. A lot of their starters are under twenty eight, so you still got a lot of youth there. It'll be interesting to watch. And obviously, for those of you that know or don't know, I'm a big Houston Rockets fan. So I'm really excited to actually see what they do this year because they were anticipated to be better but they weren't anticipated to be good by any stretch of the imagination and um i watched us play last wednesday or last thursday not too long ago and we looked very good we throttled the pacers we scored like 80 on them in the first half oh my gosh we were up we were up like 81 to 56 so then what was the final score? We ended up winning by like 12 or 13. We had our bench in and they ended up cutting it to like 11 at one point. But we were up like 23 at half or something like something crazy. Um, but it, yeah, one of our, our best player this year, Jalen Green, he just could not miss. He's 20. He's literally, he graduated in the same grade me and you did. Oh, dude, that's, that's crazy now. It's so weird being like this dude. Like we're we're the same age. This dude plays with LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, it's something that I struggle to wrap my head around. But I'm like that. He dropped 33 the other night when I watched. He shot like 60 percent from three, like 80 percent from the field. Like he just went off. One of our other our other point guard who's younger. He's 22. He dropped. Uh, I think he dropped 22, uh, shooting like he made like six three pointers. Like, nine assists. Dude was just going off. Um, so, our team's looking a lot more interesting going into the season than I initially thought. Like, we could definitely be one of the better teams of the teams not making the playoffs or the play-in. So, first game's tomorrow night. A lot of teams start tonight. But for the Rockets, our first game's tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. So, that should be it. Should be pretty interesting to see. It'll be good. How many games does a team usually play? Every team plays 82 games. 82? Mm-hmm. Do you know how many um, the baseball players MLB? Uh, 
I, it's like 115. Okay. It's like the season total. Um, but it really depends on like your positioning and that type of thing. Because obviously like pitchers, pitchers don't play all 115 games. Play like one out of every three or four. Yeah. Depending on how good the bullpen is, how good you are, and like your efficiency, your durability, a bunch of different stuff goes into it, but yeah, it's like 115, but those, they're shortening those up. COVID's changing a lot of things like that. Like, coming out of COVID, people are not as willing to do the crappy jobs, I've noticed. Like, a lot of the overnight things that used yeah, to Walmart be Walmart doesn't Walmart isn't open 24 hours anymore. That that's honestly not a bad thing. No, it's we not. don't need degenerates going in there at 3 in the morning <laughs> jumping in the ball pits like we used to have. Like that I don't mind. Um but then there's things like I'm like why can't Taco Bell be open 24/7 now? Like sometimes 3 in the morning, dude, I just want a burrito and I don't want to make a burrito I want to go pick one up from Taco Bell. Let me go do that. Just get one of your teenage workers in there, pay him like nineteen fifty to make me burritos at three in the morning. That's his job. That's what he's. That's what he's getting paid above minimum wage to do is to be in there during the time I need him to order my burritos and just stand there. That's his job. <laughs> and people aren't willing to do that anymore. And it's sick. It's sick <laughs> that I have to wait until the next day to get my burrito, my bean burrito. Or my, what, whatever I want. Like, I have to wait now. And especially if it's on, dude, the Sunday crap, closing early, <laughs> that's such bullshit. Like, none of these businesses have anything to do with religion. Like, I don't understand, unless you're Chick-fil-A, because you directly are like, we're going to claim this with everything, and it's part of our brand, and this is who we are. The rest of you can't say anything because you're doing everything in your power to fight against religion. <laughs> like, we close early. No, you close early on Sundays because it's somehow this accepted practice that everyone's like, oh, we're going to close a little earlier on Sunday. That's bullshit, dude. It, it makes no sense anymore. Like, there's no reason for it. I know, it's crazy. It's the. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> dude, COVID ruins so much shit. Came through and it just messed stuff up for no reason. I think somebody's going to have to write, some famous person, they're probably going to get famous for writing this book. And it's going to be about the studies of the negative effects that the lockdowns ultimately had on all the generations that were developing and that are continuing to develop through the day. Like, there's going to be some serious shit that, like, Anthony Fauci and other people in the government is going to get pinned on because as much as it was maybe needed and necessary like whatever side of that argument regardless doesn't matter at this point like it happened yeah what is serious is what the effect of those things are going to have on people and like that's something you can't you can't bat an eye to like those are real things yeah people are just the thing that I don't like is that people are less outgoing uh they don't like, that six feet of distance has really, like, taken its toll on being uh, being outgoing, talking to people. I think it's really going to be detrimental for little kids. Because, like, for little kids, like, as much as... I always remember it being, like, you would always see groups of little kids that were just, like, 
the grimy toddlers, but, like, they didn't care. Like, they would just all play together because they knew that they were kids, and, like, that's what you did as kids. Like, you play with the other kids. And, I like, that's not as normal anymore. Like, it's not as normal to see, like, random kids just playing together. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, like, we're ha- playing because our friends, our parents are friends, so, like, that's why we're playing at the park right now. And if you're not my parents' friend, I'm going to avoid you and not talk to you. And it seems like those are very real things now that maybe I just don't remember, but I don't I don't feel like it was as obvious as it was today. Yeah, and now, now today uh, you have those iPads that, like, my little brother and sister, they'd rather, I mean, I would rather do it too, but I didn't have the choice. They'd rather play on their iPads than go outside, which is... Like, I feel like playing outside for three hours a day when I was little every day was, like, super important thing. It was... It makes me who I am today. I don't know. If, I'm not going to go that far. Today. I think it so. It makes me who I am today. <laughs> I think so. I, it may have, but I think I think something that everyone is losing that's going to be... And I was talking about this with somebody at work. Like, the things, the memorization things that we're just losing... Because of strictly laziness, not because of, like, inability, like, strictly laziness is going to be extremely negative in, like, the next 10 to 15 years. Like, not forcing people to have to remember phone numbers, passwords, like, those things are going to have serious implications, like, all around. Because as much as we don't want to talk about it, those little things that you do, like, remembering those things and, like, forcing yourself to do that, it's so good for your brain. And, like, those are the things later in life when you're going through, like, your geriatric years and you're having memory issues and mobility issues, those are the things that they ask you to do and that they talk to you about doing. It's, like, memory challenges, a lot of the different cognitive and behavioral benefit-type activities later in life that are beneficial, like... Those things are important. I never really thought about it like that. And we're not we're not doing it. I think about that every time that I go to save a password on my computer or my phone. I'm like, I know that I this is such a benefit to me and I don't know why I'm complaining, but like this is also such an issue. Because say that for some reason Google's company just got shut down. Or Apple just got shut down. Like the, all their devices still worked. And, like, a new company came along was updating stuff. But they lost the entire database with all the passwords on it. What are you going to do? <laughs> you you wouldn't know your passwords. <laughs> Dude, your passwords are saved on everything. They, they cross the board. Like, for a while, there was about a year that I didn't, I wasn't remembering my bank account password. Like, I knew it, but I wasn't using it. I was using my face ID every time. And then... It came to a point where it's like, all right, you have, it was probably like seven months of doing that. And then all of a sudden it's like, put in your password. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's been seven months since they've asked me to type my password. So, I don't know. I definitely feel it personally. I don't know if other people do as much, but I'm like, dude, seven months ago I would have been able to do it like that because I just do it all the time. And like, it was an inconvenience, yes, but... And I at least knew what my account password was. Yeah. That is insane. I never thought about it, but I have one password for everything I use. 
which yeah, is, which I'm is bad pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm bad about that, too. One of the past, dude, are you, I don't know if you're like this, any password that they gave me at Lourdes, like, I kept that in my succession for a minute. <laughs> oh, I never did. Like, oh, every password that they gave me, like, it's ingrained in my list now. <laughs> like, it's some variation of the passwords they gave me, because I'm like, dude, these are so anonymous, like, random words with dots and exclamation points, like, no way they're finding this. Did you know that, uh, that the best way to have a password is not, like, random numbers and, like, characters? It's just, like, think of four random words, and it's better than any password that you can memorize, like, and it's easier to memorize, too. (coughs) I saw that. Speaking of passwords, I was going to talk to you about this because it happened to me last night. It's so funny. It has to do with Bitcoin, too. So I was just on my... I was talking to my grandparents last night with Kara after we had dinner. And I get a notification on Snapchat that says, this person adds you. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't know who this is. Probably a scam. But it says, added you by search. So I was like... I was like, I don't recognize the name, but maybe they know me because it was searched. So I add them back, and they Snapchat me. And they're like, do you want $5,000? And I'm like, not this again, dude. So I'm like, yeah. I was like, give me the five grand. And I'm just like, I'm just going to play with this guy for a little bit. I was like, I'm just, I don't have anything to do tonight. No responsibilities. I'm just hanging out. Whatever. So he's like, all right. He's like, what's your cash app? And I was like, all right. So I gave him, gave him a cash app. And he's like, all right. 5000 pending. He's like, I just need you to put $100 into your cash app account. Transfer it to Bitcoin, and then open up the deposit and withdraw to your account, and then send me your four codes that let you into the account so that I can get my hundred dollars so I can deposit your five thousand. I was like, oh, it's that simple. All I have to give you is my four hidden codes to my coin <laughs> wallet, and then and then you'll give me five grand. And so I started talking to this guy. And I, he's like, yeah, dude. He's like, all you have to do is put a hundred dollars in there. And I was like, I was like, oh sweet. So I just Google fake hundred dollar deposit cash app, said it to him, and he's like, what? And I was like, I did it. So like, okay. So I was like, I, I keep giving, keep going along. Like I'm actually doing these things, giving him these like these fake account passwords, all this stuff. And he's like, the, the login's not working. And I was like, why are you trying to log in? I thought it was just for clearance fees. And I was like, you are worthless. I was like, imagine what your family would think of you right now. I was like, you're going after gullible, good people that are, like, trying to help people out. And I cannot help but think of, like, old people that get scammed by that stuff. Like, there's no malice or ill intent in, like, anything that they do. But they think it's 100% legit because they've never encountered something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen uh, uh, Mark Rober? Have you seen his videos? On I don't him? think so. He uh, he and this other guy, I don't know his other YouTube channel, but they, uh, like, together combated these, these scammers in India where they, like, scam old people to giving them pretty much, like, everything they have in their bank account. But they do it so, so like precise and well that they 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 make billions off of it. Maybe not billions, probably millions. But it's crazy. I've heard about people doing that and getting like social security accounts and stuff, and then they'll just get like 
<coughs> 75 people's social security coming into their one location every month. Yeah, that's crazy. Just because of the scams they pull off. And I don't understand how they continue to, like, make accounts, number one. And then number two, how they find clients. Like, how do they find my Snapchat personally? I have no idea. They, they probably just... Well, obviously, some somewhere that has my... Does that mean Snapchat selling my name? Yeah, Snapchat sells everything that they have on you. Same with every other. I know this yeah. Everyone's well. That's that's why everything's free. It's because we're the commodity. Yeah, it's we're crazy. We're the data. We're what they're mining. We're what they want. Yeah. What? Um, going back to like uh, like trading. Mm-hmm. So like Robinhood. Mm-hmm. The reason that it's free is because they sell the. Uh, like your stop loss and like the take profit lines to other companies. So the other, I don't know this for a fact, but someone else told me this. So obviously it's true. (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they sell those. And so like these big companies, so like they sell that to Citadel, which I'm pretty sure is like the parent company of Robinhood or something. Yeah. It's like the new, it's like the new Robinhood. Yeah. So they, uh, that's what they do. They they sell that, and so pretty much Citadel has this graph of everyone's stop losses and everyone's take profits, and so they can just like those Chinese dudes dropping Bitcoin. They can just drop it real quick, liquidate everybody, and then oh yeah, they have the charts of everyone's liquidation prices, and so it's crazy. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Like scamming's getting to a whole new level, and I feel like the next one is gonna get bad. And it's not even old people, it's young people. And it's already happening, but it's like the crypto, the crypto scams oh, they're all are scams. so bad, dude. And I feel like people, like there's, a, I was seeing something, is there something called like lightning transactions with Bitcoin? Yeah, that isn't a scam though, but. I was going to ask you about that because I was seeing something about it and it just didn't make sense. Like what this dude was talking about. He's like talking about like sending people Satoshis. Yeah, it's... Through lightning transactions. I wish I could explain it. I've done, like... <coughs> excuse my coughing. <coughs> I've done so many hours of research on the lightning network, and I can't put it into, like, a single paragraph how to explain it. Because but, I was seeing it, I'm like, this doesn't seem real. Like, from what I understand of Bitcoin, like, this shouldn't happen like this. Yeah, but the, the, the thing legit. is... legit. Like, it everything, legit. it makes sense what they're talking about, but it does, like... Looking at it, from what I understand about it, you shouldn't be able to send it that fast. Yeah. The only, the best way I can explain it is that, like, Bitcoin is all code. So, like, the Bitcoin that someone owns is just, like, numbers and letters. And so, with Lightning, it's a second layer solution. So, think of, like, a pyramid. So, mm-hmm. the Bitcoin, like, the main chain, Bitcoin that you think of is the first layer. Second layer is Lightning. And so, you can, like take the code like the the unique combination of letters and numbers and then move it to that second layer and then since it's already pre-mined so it's since that bitcoin is already mined you can instantly transfer uh that bitcoin around instead of having to verify it through miners got you Uh, so it's already essentially it's pre it's pre-verified pre-verified bitcoin that doesn't have to go through essentially like the paywall yeah exactly and so it's it's literally as as fast as 
as electricity. Yeah. So like they people have like tested it versus like a MasterCard versus like a, they have like lightning cards, mm-hmm. and so they put it on there, and the lightning is so quick. It's it, I mean it's instant. Yeah, it's cool to see that. But then the problem is with that. It's not a problem, but uh, to bring it, you can bring it back on. But each time you take it off and bring it back on, there's a transaction fee. So you still have to transact on the the main chain. So it's not. It wouldn't be something that you would do all the time. Yeah. It would just be something you would do for like quick yeah. transactions that you need to do quickly. Like little payments. Yeah. So like if if you don't want to send like say like the transaction fees on the Bitcoin network get to like a um, hundred dollars. So you can go, you can move, for $100, you can move all your Bitcoin to, like, the second layer, the Lightning, transact for, like, like a weeks, maybe even a year, and then you can bring it back onto the main chain for another $100. So $200. Is your out, but mm-hmm. how, whatever much you're making yeah. back. But you transacted, like, 3,000 times. Yeah. So instead of, yeah, it's interesting. That's certainly interesting. Well, I think, actually, one thing I was going to add in, I think, being the corn cast, we should probably oh, I'm yeah. start throwing in one Nebraska fact that I haven't heard of and that I don't know if other people have, just to keep keep the namesake going. So, one the one fact I found today that I thought was pretty interesting was, did you know the, that Kearney, Nebraska, is the midway point between Boston, Massachusetts, and San Francisco? I did not know that. It is the exact median point between Boston and San Francisco. That's awesome. That is very dope. I've always felt that, like, Carney, if you haven't been there, it's got, like, this weird, like, I'm important for some reason feel to it. It's like because it's of the, the arch. arch. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> the arch. So you come in and you're like, it feels important here, but, like, there's nothing. It's just wind and normal Nebraska stuff. Yeah, there's just a little bit of hills for for miles, and then there's a little arch. Yeah, and they're like, we got planes. We got planes here. <laughs> okay, but so there you go. Gives gives Carney a little bit of notoriety. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap the podcast up. It's yeah, been, that's a, a good one. been a good one. So we'll hope to be a little more consistent in the weeks coming forward, but uh, leave a review on whatever platform you guys are on. Looks like a lot of people are watching on Spotify. So just give us five stars. Um, it allows us to reach more people on the platform and on other platforms. Um, just allows us to reach more people that can hear our podcast. So really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. So we'll catch you guys next week, and it's been a good podcast, Jim. Peace. Later.